0: Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow.
1: In each episode, we spend some time catching up and then share a recommendation for something we've really loved over the past few weeks. And then we go on to discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to the conversations that are going on right now, all the sorts of things that a lot of people might be thinking about but aren't necessarily discussing. If you enjoy this episode, please don't forget to hit subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. Um, So how are you doing? Happy Monday. We're recording quite late this week because the universe has been a little bit against us, but you know. It's been a little bit,
0: but I'm good. I feel like I've needed the extra time to recover because I went to London twice this week and I haven't been... <gasps> I haven't been to London in over two years. So this is why it is quite shocking for me because I honestly can't handle it anymore. Like I'm not cut out for city life. I was absolutely, I went on Thursday and I was exhausted. I felt like I could barely function on Friday. And then I went on Saturday for bottomless brunch and was definitely not too healthy yesterday.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We went to the pub with
0: my family and I had a diet Coke. That's how bad it was. I couldn't deal with more alcohol. So, but it was exhausting.
1: (laughs) Like I, even in the office, I'm absolutely exhausted. Like there's just something about the whole like thing that exhausts me. But it is quite nice to be back in cities, I think. Did you have a nice time? I'm so jealous that you went to Pagola in Paddington on Thursday
0: night. Oh God, it, it was beautiful. And I've I've never, I think I've seen London a bit at Christmas before, like when I used to go in for work and I'd kind of wander around and see a little bit before my train home. But Taylor's like never seen it at Christmas. So I thought, right, now is the time to go and do that. So we ended up having a really nice like Christmassy day. We got tickets for the Sky Garden. There's just, I guess, because there's less tourists, they're not as booked up because we got them like the day before. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, we saw the Christmas lights. We saw the ice rink at the National History Museum. um, And then, yeah, we went to Pergola at Paddington and it was stunning. So many Christmas trees felt very festive afterwards, which was really nice.
1: I think we're going to go in a couple of weeks and I am so excited. I feel like I've really like gone in for Christmas now. Like not necessarily like Christmas, 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 but like feeling festive and cozy and mold white, mainly the food as well. Like, let's be honest. Mm, what I'm talking yeah. about is the food and the candles.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I literally just did it. Well, I say I did. Me and mum went in on an order today for Glass and Wick to get their uh, Nordic spruce and their winter <gasps> range. I'm so excited. I mean- <laughs>
1: I'm going to do my order tonight because I haven't ordered any yet but yeah that's top of my priority list and as a public service announcement for anyone who is a mint hot chocolate fan Sainsbury's are now doing a mint version of their accidentally vegan orange hot chocolate powder from last year they're still doing the orange one but I was in Sainsbury's earlier and I saw the mint one and hallelujah I have bought it I am so excited
0: I mean, that, that is good to know I, I feel like they would do so well if they did so many different flavors I would probably mm. just buy them all oh I love them yeah. so much so
1: good love so them. yeah I've what have you been up, up, up to what have I been doing I've had like a really wholesome weekend I saw family on Saturday I went for a really nice walk around our favorite Cliveden apparently mm-hmm. it's Cliveden not Cliveden Who knew? Um, and it was just so autumn and it's made me realize how underrated November is like I always thought November was a bit of a lull between Christmas and October was my favorite month, but actually it's blue skies. It's crisp weather, but you've got all the leaves still. You've got like the buzz of Christmas. It's been lovely. And we went out for food. And then yesterday we went to Oxford for the day um, and went to one of our favorite restaurants, the coconut tree. If you're in Oxford or Bristol, Gloucester, Bath, Reading, I want to say there's one as well. um, You've got to check out the coconut tree. It's a brilliant, brilliant Sri Lankan restaurant. Um, really great food, really great vibe and just great food. So yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about it to be perfectly honest. So, um, we Aren't did that yesterday, and it was just, yeah, it was really lovely and wholesome. And now I'm ready for cozying up and getting ready for the Christmas period. Really?
0: Yeah. We went to, um, the place we went to on Saturday was called Cativo. I think apparently that's not how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm saying it. Cause that's how it's spelled in Brixton. <laughs> um but it's the first time I've been somewhere that does bottomless brunch for like lots of different um like types of drink so usually Mm. it's you know it's usually like prosecco or if it is cocktails you have to like stick to one they Mm. let you have regular prosecco pink prosecco rum punch or like a cocktail making kit where you build your own and they give you some like recipes to do and you don't just have to pick one they just put all of them on your table which is probably where that the it went a bit downhill, but the rum punch was just a bowl with a ladle in it, um, so it was a little bit lethal. But it was really, really good. It was only thirty pounds a person, which I thought for for London for two hours, pretty good deal. That's really good, and you got food as well. Yeah, well, you pay for the food on top, but it was it ended up being twenty quid for the food. So that's yeah, pretty good. I was very impressed. Yeah, it's really good. that's not even my recommendation I was just very excited about it.
1: (laughs) Why don't you share your recommendation for the week?
0: I'm so excited for this recommendation um so my recommendation this week is a book and it's called The Fan Club and it's by Erin Mayer who is a friend of mine she's based in the U.S. and this is her debut novel and I've been so excited because when we stayed in New York, we stayed with her and her partner. And she was talking about the story then. And she was saying how she was kind of writing this book and kind of how would it be re- received. And anyway, it's been published by one of the big five, which is incredible. And it is so fascinating. And I'm, I'm going to say from the outset, this is not a book that everyone will enjoy. Like this is very much a recommendation because I found it so fascinating, but I totally get that There's some angles of it that are maybe slightly, almost like, I don't want to say meta, but it's, there's no like satisfying ending. There's no kind of, it's unsettling the whole way through. And it basically is about a millennial woman working in, um, she works for an online like digital magazine. I I got real like bold type vibes at the start of the book. Um, But she's kind of got this millennial like ennui kind of just is this all my life is supposed to be like work the nine to five until I retire, like very kind of bored with her lifestyle. And then she ends up hearing the song of this pop singer who the similarities with Ariana Grande are very obvious, but she becomes like a bit obsessed and she ends up finding herself as part of this fan club called the Ivies. And they're all like, like diehard fans of this, of this singer. And it gets terrifying like it is a real insight into how like how you can so easily feel like you you know someone via social media and how society can become obsessed with like celebrity and how dangerous social media stalking is and it it is unsettling and it becomes almost cult-like and it it just did not go the way that I was expecting it to at all and there was definitely a lot of commentary on kind of like the dangers of social media and that kind of like obsessive like obsessive culture that seems to surround social media because when you're at a distance it doesn't seem as it seems easier like the whole keyboard warrior type thing but you it's easier to obsess when you're at a distance and you can convince yourself that it's not weird anyway I won't spoil it but if you are looking for something like that it's set in new york it's very it's everything you would expect from a new york life and then it turns it on its head and that's what i really loved about it um so i i definitely recommend giving it a read if that's something that sounds up your street
1: that sounds really interesting and i also love that it's someone you know and like to know that they've had that success it's so exciting because it's such a huge achievement um and it's always exciting when a friend does something really cool but then for them to do something really cool, but it also to be really great is like the winning pair, isn't it? Um. Yeah. So I'm going to check that out. I kind of imagine it to be almost like the other black girl vibes, like kind of a bit unsettling, bit creepy, really interesting. But like you kind of finish it like, wow, okay, didn't expect to end up here.
0: Yeah, it's very, I mean, it's labeled as a psychological thriller, but it's not, I definitely... I think that's probably just the closest thing because it's just unsettling it's not scary and it just seems so unbelievable until you're like actually no and I've seen some reviews of it of people saying I thought this was really unbelievable and then I saw all of the reaction of the Swifties to Taylor Swift's song like the full-length version you know the one about Jake Gilmore Uh, and and they were like actually when you think about it in that context it is it is a believable book like this could actually happen like how fans just get like so out of control um so yeah, it's definitely very interesting topic. Um, what's your recommendation? Well, slightly different. So it's
1: officially cheesy movie season and either you love cheesy Christmas movies or you hate them. I personally love them. They're a proper guilty pleasure. And Netflix have released their latest crop of them for this year. And I watched Love Hard a couple of days ago and it is the perfect, super cheesy, formulaic book heartwarming Christmassy movie so it's about a young woman who's like in her late 20s she writes a dating column for a like a digital online magazine she is like on it's like tinder or hinge or something like that but like obviously unbranded and she falls for this guy and they have this great chemistry she flies across the country to spend Christmas with him only to find out she's actually been catfished but it's really interesting in like we won't get too deep because it is a cheesy Christmas movie, but it's quite interesting, like, the whole, like, deception because he was like, I've not deceived you because you're just being shallow. Like, the only thing that's different is my face. Like, everything else is the same, like, you're still talking to me. And anyway, it was quite interesting. It definitely made me think about a few things, but really that's not why you're going to watch the movie. You're going to watch the movie because it is, like, your classic tick list cheesy Christmas movie, Um and yeah, it's got like the callback jokes of like silly things that happen, and like the unbelievable, embarrassing moments that she has, and the awkward family dynamics, and all of these. So everything you would expect is there. And actually, I kind of love that. Um, it was a bit different to the Christmassy movies I've watched previously, and I really liked that they also had like a more diverse cast in it as well. Like it isn't just cookie cutter Hallmark movie. Um, and there were some nice messages in it well, as well, like about finding love when you're older and all that sort of thing. So yeah, if you're looking for a bit of cheese, it's a good background movie
0: to like watch where, you want you, uh, watch where you're drinking mold wine. And yeah, I'm going to have to give it a watch because we've also, slightly different, because obviously Taylor doesn't tend to watch those kind of movies with me, but we've been getting on the cheesy movie hype in the last week or so. We watched one called Jungle Cruise on Disney Plus. It's the I new really one with The Rock. It. Like it's and top of my list neck it is a proper family like, it is a family movie but i really enjoyed it it had like the mummy kind of vibes like the og mummy not tom <laughs> cruise mummy um the only mummy that there possibly is that you watch. Oh. i love it but yeah that like, we've been loving the i just it's perfect for winter isn't it cheesy movie easy watching get cozy yeah,
1: yeah. really really enjoyed it
0: So this week, we wanted to return to a topic that's always been a popular one on the podcast, and that is friendship. And uh, quite a few of you sent in questions as well, which we will be addressing towards the end of the conversation as well. So thank you very much for those. Um, I think it really does feel like your 20s are kind of a pivotal moment for so many friendships as people's lives sort of tangent off in different directions, and people move away, start new jobs, and there's no longer that kind of natural environment of school or university to cultivate friendships and that can be really hard to learn how to navigate and I think even the friendships we do manage to keep there's a whole new set of challenges with that and that's really what we wanted to discuss today and I feel like we should caveat that we don't have all the answers and obviously everyone's friendship is so different but we just kind of want to make it clear that you're definitely not alone if it's something that you're kind of struggling with or you've come across especially in the last few years.
1: Yeah for sure I think like you said when you're younger and you've kind of got those situations whether they're school or uni or clubs that you're part of that cultivate your friendships for you it's much easier but even in the past few years like our friendships really changed because our priorities have changed and our lives have changed and I think you kind of reach a point where it can feel quite intimidating to either make new friends or even just manage to maintain the friendships you have because it sounds like really like crap to say but everyone's busy and everyone has other things they need to be doing um, and I think that's where like respect becomes such an important thing for adult friendships. I know that like we touched on it in our I think it was our Q and A episode, mm. um, but it's that thing of like respecting other people's time, respecting that they might have different views, respecting that they might need your kind of um, support in different ways to how they have previously. And if someone isn't texting you back, it's not because they don't care. It's probably because they're also really busy um and I think it's that sort of thing that really helps to kind of de-escalate when actually you could get quite defensive or quite um kind of it could be quite dramatic couldn't it like oh my god someone says not text me back or someone says never mm-hmm. making the effort and of, of course there are those circumstances where that is the case and there is something more going on but generally speaking if someone doesn't show up to like drinks or a social event it's probably because they are so busy just like everyone else is yeah I think that's the thing
0: like there is that aspect that you haven't got the natural environment of university or school or clubs and that also made it so easy to to maintain friendships because chances are you probably had a lot more free time or those were your only commitments and I think that's the big thing like now priorities but also commitments have changed so much like people people have mortgages to pay, which means they have a job to do, they have families to look after, they have parents to care for. There's so many different aspects that obviously we were just not, most of us were not having to tackle in those younger years mm-hmm. of our lives. And I think it's, it is a really different dynamic and it is hard to adapt to that because pretty much for the first 15, 20 years of your life, it's I feel like it's been fairly easy. To maintain friendships, and suddenly there's this kind of big pivotal pivotal change, combined with the fact that making new friends is also really hard as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's also a time where you realise that your kind of worldview and what's important to you might not align with your friends anymore. And I think, within reason, obviously, that doesn't mean you can't still be really close to someone and really good friends with someone. But there's more likely to be those moments when you're like, oh, I didn't realise that was your thoughts on those that kind of thing, or oh, you. You want to have kids now, and I'm not even thinking about it for another five or six years. I know that's one that like you and I have spoken about a lot in terms of like being at different points in your life compared to your friends and the comparison that comes in there. And I think that's like a Mm. whole area that can be really difficult. And trying to remember that you have to come at it being like open-minded and like like, um coming at it with like your best intentions first, like whether or not you agree with maybe um like the trajectory your friend's life's going on or the decisions they're making or their like the views they hold close to them if it's not hurting anyone else you kind of just have to be there to support them and I think that's quite a shift from maybe when we were younger and we had more time to spend with one another um our views were more likely to be more aligned
0: yeah I think and again I do think that goes back to what you were saying about respect because you kind of also have to respect the fact that people do change and people might have different views from they did when that from what they did when you were younger or they might have decided that their life is going to go on a different trajectory and that's fine i think you do have to respect that change to a to a certain extent i mean obviously if it's yeah if it's dangerous for them or it's someone's at risk then obviously that's a whole different kettle of fish but it yeah, respecting that change is so hard because you've known you've kind of known that friendship in a vacuum mm-hmm. for so long and then suddenly there's all of these outside influences whether that's like they've moved away or you've moved away or different work schedules family career like house buying it's there's so many different factors that start coming into play and that friendship no longer exists just in that vacuum that like you kind of experienced it before
1: yeah and i also think it comes down to like honesty being really important as well like that goes hand in hand in respect respecting one another in terms of being honest with mm. one another not like rude or blunt but like um prioritizing being truthful with one another and saying like actually do you know what the fact you blew me off for drinks last week actually upset me and then the other person has the opportunity to go okay well let me tell you what was going on and why that happened and I think especially when it's friendship groups where maybe you've moved away from one another and you're not physically around each other that's even more important because you're less likely to have those chance encounters where you can kind of either have it out if necessary or you can just easily like sense the energy in the room and whether or not you need to clear the air um but I think being like honest with one another and calling one another out becomes more important as long as it's done compassionately and like with understanding that person might turn around and go yeah the reason I missed the drinks is because this awful thing happened at work and I had to deal with that I think it's a really important part of adult friendships it's like a level of maturity as well and I know that the friendships where I can be honest and more vulnerable and say, actually, this is going on. Those are the ones that thrive more.
0: Yeah. And I guess that also comes down to, like, can you talk to your friend about it? Because if you can talk to them about it, that's great. And I think that as, as horrible and as uncomfortable as that sometimes does feel, like you said, it's better to kind of have it out than and often there's no right time either especially if you aren't there in person but I think also kind of looking at is it is it an issue that is something that's coming from within you or is it kind of something that you're trying to force Mm. or I don't know there's so many kind of different perspectives and I think a big part of learning to adapt is being able to find those alternatives and if you say okay I'm really upset that we weren't able to do this, or you blew me off for this, or whatever, then coming forward with those alternatives, like, could we have a phone call instead? Should we have a Skype this weekend? Or setting up the next time that you'll see each other in your diaries, even if it is like in three, four months time, put it in the diary. I know that we do that as a group, Mm -hmm. we'll put something in the diary ages in advance, because we know we'll want to do something, but we're all so busy that if we leave it too late, it won't be possible. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's just, that's what works for us and i think it's finding what's right for you and your like friendship
1: totally and it's trusting that your friend is coming at it with like the best intentions and they're not deliberately bailing on drinks they're not deliberately like perfect example this evening when i showed up late to a recording um it's that thing of being like here here's what happened and then you can kind of both go oh actually yeah that of course there's no malice in it and i think if you're honest and you are open with your friends it makes that so much easier because then you can trust one another more so it's easier to respect
0: one another and I also I do think that really ties into like because I feel like we should acknowledge there are actually a lot of good things about friendship as adults and I feel mm. like one of those things is kind of slightly less pressure as no it's no longer yeah. like that oh, but you're my best friend how could you possibly do that to me yeah. like I have lots of different friends and I don't feel any pressure Mm. to say, oh, well, this person's my best friend. So they should treat me in a certain way. We're not at school anymore. And now I kind of I don't feel that same pressure to find friends when I'm very. I feel like more satisfied in myself and spending time Mm. on my own, which then means when I do spend time with friends, even though it is less than it used to be. I appreciate it so so much more
1: that's so true and also I I think the pressure feels like it's off a bit more to be the perfect friend now because you kind of go okay I'm an adult you're an adult we know that life happens things happen like you both kind of get it a bit more like generally so it's easier to be like you know what I might be late today or I might have to move this or do that but it's that thing of like they will get it because we can be honest. We have that trust. We have that kind of um, honesty with each other, and that is so nice. Like I feel like I, I feel like I'm more comfortable in myself, and therefore I'm more comfortable in my friendships. To be like that thing you did upset me, or I'm sorry, I know that thing was really shitty, and that's so good. It's my favorite thing I think about adult friendships.
0: Yeah, I was going to say those kind of things. Then if if you've been able to adapt like that especially when it has been like challenging to change to those different dynamics of friendship that shows real growth Mm -hmm. I think as a person and especially when I look back now and god I was so concerned with just having friends at school even if they were really like bad toxic friends for me and I would just kind of do what I thought I should do that was like socially acceptable whereas now being able to kind of step back and assess those friendships and see what's important to me and kind of yeah recognize okay i was in the wrong here or okay i need to step up and make more effort or whatever it might be i think there's a lot of growth there and as difficult as it is to accept the change i think if you are able to make those changes that's a really positive thing for you as a person
1: yeah shall we move some of the questions we got because we've got quite a few um and i want us to, to like mm. go through them in enough time so we got a few that were quite similar and obviously we'll keep them all anonymous. But the first one that came up a few times is like, how do you make new friends as an adult? How do you kind of deal with being quite vulnerable with new people? And where do you even meet new people, especially if you're moving to a new area? Um, I felt like we could do a whole podcast topic on making friends as an adult because it's it's hard and it's kind of awkward and uncomfortable to have to put yourself out there.
0: Oh my God, it it absolutely is. And I think... The big, the big thing I always, I say, I always try and remember, I still feel absolutely panicked. Like if you're feeling vulnerable because of that, that's, that's totally Mm -hmm. normal. And the big thing is the chances are other people are feeling exactly the same as you.
1: A hundred percent. Because it's completely against the natural instinct, isn't it? Like as a human being, you're wired to want to be accepted by the pack and all of that. So if you're a new person in the situation, of course, you're going to feel uncomfortable, but everyone else is going to be like, oh my God, we want to make them feel welcome as well. Um, Mm. but I think like in terms of where you find new friends, I don't think there's like one golden bullet of like where you're going to find these friends. Like obviously if you've got clubs or you're part of like specific groups, or maybe even if you're lucky people you work with, um, can become really good friends. But I think the best thing is to just be really open to friendship. I know a lot of people say Mm. that they've got their best friends from when they were children and they don't need any more friends and all of that. And I, I understand that. Um, but I feel like I've met my closest friends and really built those relationships as an adult and if you're open to friendship and you're open to kind of meeting new people I think it's much easier like you don't have to be best best friends with everyone but if you kind of go in being like okay this could be nice then I think it becomes it's less scary
0: yeah I think I feel like the bottom line is that you do have to put yourself out there Mm -hmm. and it's going to be bloody uncomfortable yes but you also have a lot less to lose than gain because if it doesn't work out you don't need to see those people again but if it does you might have a new friend and also they could literally come from anywhere and also it's very situational like for me I've made a lot of friends in recent years from social media because I spend a lot of time there and I know you're similar and like the gym any hobbies that you have also I think about not me so much, but I know where I live. They have a Facebook group for for mums in the area with young children, and they all meet on the Facebook group, and then they go for coffee a couple of times a week. Like, if that's your situation, there, chances are there's probably a Facebook group for it. But yeah. do you know what I mean? There's there's often things going on that that would probably suit your situation more than more than you realise. It's just putting yourself out there.
1: And I think on the vulnerability thing, I think we should do a whole episode on vulnerability at some point because is a topic Mm. that really fascinates me but I think it's really scary and of course it's meant to be scary like to feel vulnerable is to put yourself in an uncomfortable position but I've definitely found that when when I'm kind of more open about how I feel vulnerable or how I feel uncomfortable it makes other people feel less vulnerable and in turn them feel more open to share Um, like not necessarily like in terms of even friendship, but even in work settings and stuff like that. I think there's some real power to holding your hands and being like, "God, I feel really uncomfortable here." Um, and I think that's a quite a powerful thing to do and can be really helpful. The other thing I've just thought of: if you're looking for new friends, say you move to an area and a friend friend knows someone, ask them to like not set you up like on a date, but like on a friend date, like. I love it when my friends get on, and I'm just thinking of like some people like I now chat to, and I'm like friends with more recently. I like friends of Alex's who I've like started talking to, and because we have other things in common. And like, obviously, you know some of my really close friends now, and you guys might chat if you bump into each other and stuff like that. And it doesn't have to be like this random person you've never met before. It can be someone who you do have that kind of link to. I guess that's how like dating apps work. I'm not the one to ask. I think Bumble Friend is a thing, but. I'm a bit scared of that if I'm honest (laughs) you've got to be vulnerable and put yourself out there I know (laughs) um okay next question was um when should you approach a friend if they're upsetting you and when should you just leave it
0: I feel like this is so tricky and it is so situational but for me personally like first thing i do is like i need to check myself yes. like is this a me like is this a me issue that i need to address like an insecurity or like a comparison thing that i've got going on and then if it's not and they are being genuinely hurtful then i do feel like the only thing you can do really is discuss it with them if they are a friend that you want to keep in your life obviously i feel like if it's reoccurring and there's like it's just not a positive relationship for you then maybe it's time to just let it go but this yeah. is what I mean it's so situational
1: yeah and I think if it's someone who say it's like a friend you work with then obviously you can't just have like a blazing round be like you're mm. a bitch I'm never speaking to you again because that <laughs> will cause more problems and it will solve but I think often you know in your gut when it's like the right time to say something and if that friendship is not bringing you joy but it's actually making you upset or it's hurting you and it could be fixed like maybe it's something they keep doing or saying or there's this one thing that happened that really made you think no that's not okay at the end of the day you should be able to speak to your friends about those sorts of things and even if they react Mm -hmm. really badly that kind of says more about them as a person like you don't have to like feedback that your friends give you but you've got to respect it at least Um, Yeah. yeah it's there's no perfect time but I always think kind of maybe Nip it in the bud sooner rather than later. I think if it goes on for weeks and months and even like years and you don't say something, eventually someone will like snap and then it's
0: far more awkward. Yeah. And I do feel like if you approach it, how they react is so important. Like they might genuinely be clueless. This is a really good yeah. thing to think like you're really hurt, but they might genu- genuinely have no idea what they've done and want to make an amendment yeah. and be really sorry. However, like you said, if they do get really defensive and angry and they try and turn the blame to you, then maybe it's time to reassess that relationship.
1: Yeah. And I also think like you've got, it goes back to that thing, doesn't it? Like trusting your friends and trusting they're coming from a good place. Like if the shoe's on the other foot, you would want the chance to make amends and apologize. And you would hate to think you'd made your friend feel like that. So chances are they're not doing it maliciously. Mm -hmm. And if they are, then you're better off without them to be perfectly honest with you because we don't need that kind of negativity Mm -hmm. um okay so the next one is about dealing with feeling guilty or sad for not being able to be there more for your friends because maybe you're far apart you've got a lot going on like how do you prioritize seeing your friends when actually also you just kind of want to find that balance of um like curling up in bed and relaxing but also then making the most of seeing one another and I feel like this is so relevant especially now when we're coming out of a lockdown like like a couple of years of lockdowns um and there's that pressure to almost see everyone and be with everyone all the time but the rest of life hasn't stopped
0: oh yeah I totally agree and it does go back to all those conversations we've had had about like going at your own pace coming Mm -hmm. out of lockdown at your own pace and I just feel like I I don't think you should always feel the need to do Do something like make a really big thing when you're together. Like, yeah, sometimes just chilling and doing nothing is exactly what everyone feels like doing.
1: Yeah, I I love nothing more than being like having a friend come over and being like, right, okay, we'll have some wine, we'll have some food, and then there's no other plan. Like, you sit there, and nine times out of ten, you sit there talking for hours, or maybe you put on a movie, and like you just see where the day takes you. Maybe you go for a wander around the shops, like it's lovely to get together and do things and put things in the diary and be like right we're going to go and do this thing or that thing but I think the beautiful thing about like adult friendships and being a bit more grown up is you can be honest with one another and be like do you know what I really want to see you but I am exhausted can we just sit in our pajamas all day and I think if you're generally like feeling guilty or worried about it again like chat to your friends because chances are if they want to see you the only thing that they're feeling is like concern that maybe things aren't okay or maybe you're really busy or overworked or something and I think one of my favorite things about the friendships I have now is that we don't have to have the type of relationships where you have to see someone in or hear from someone every day to know they care um but that's because we've all been in that position where we've gone oh my god I've been a crap friend and the rest of us have gone uh no you've not that's not a thing
0: (laughs) yeah and also I I know my friends and I know That they are all doing the best that they can. Yes. So I never would want any of them to feel guilty about anything like that because it does all go back to how how much kind of dynamics have changed just because priorities and commitments have changed. Like it doesn't mean the friendship is any less. It just means that it it looks a bit different. And adapting to that is hard, but it you definitely I, I don't feel like there should be any guilt attached to that.
1: Yeah. And I think it's remembering not to compare your friendships now to how they might have been a few years ago. Like
0: Mm, for years and years
1: and years, we were always like, oh my God, never blow off your girlfriends for a guy and all of that. But now actually, maybe if your partner's had a really rough time at work or it's, I don't know, a family thing for them, then saying to your girlfriends, like, actually, sorry, I can't make this and prioritizing your partner Is actually okay and like for people who have kids of course your kids come before your friends doesn't mean you love your friends less it just means your priorities have changed so i think keeping that in mind that you can't be that like best friends forever in each other's pockets 24 7 thing forever
0: and that's fine also a really good point is it it doesn't mean it's always going to be this hard yeah like yes yes yes, yes. it, it might feel really tough now because maybe maybe you've moved away or maybe you've started a new job or I don't know any obviously maybe you've ha- had a baby like there's any number of huge life changes that could have happened and like with a lot of things that like, you'll figure out a way through it and it doesn't doesn't mean that it's always going to be difficult to maintain those friendships or not as difficult as it feels like at the moment kind of thing
1: yeah so the last question we have is very seasonal for the moment and I love this because it's not something we've ever discussed before, but how do you approach present buying specifically at Christmas or birthdays? Very seasonal question, I think. And it's a really tough one, like, because I think I'm quite lucky with my friends. I can be upfront and honest, like, are we doing presents this year? Or are we not? And it's fine, but.
0: Yeah, we just ask. <laughs> yeah. And
1: like, I, I do think that's the best thing to do, but I appreciate that's not always possible for everyone to have that conversation. Mm-hmm.
0: I I agree and I I understand that it's not always and I've definitely had situations in the past probably more with birthdays where yeah like grown up grown apart from friends and I'm like oh is it do we do presents or not uh, I it is so tricky and me being me I feel like I always err a bit on the side of caution and I'll get like a card and a bottle of bubbly or something like yeah. just something easy if I'm not 100% sure and then if I don't get anything in return I'm like okay that's like that's answered my question for next year however if it's like a repeated thing and you're I don't know if you feel like you're always buying something for someone like every year and then they never get anything for you then yeah maybe maybe you just let it slide or maybe you address it and say should we just not do presents this year maybe we hang out together instead like yeah that's like a I feel like that's a good medium ground option also,
1: I feel a bit like after the past couple of years you are complete like this is the perfect opportunity to be like do you know what I know it's been a tough couple of years for everyone do you want to do presents this year or shall we shall we just spend time together or shall we go out for dinner instead or should we just save a bit mm. of money and instead have like a Skype call like you've got the perfect opportunity and also I'd say that so you've got like friends who maybe be like every single year they don't get you something or the is missing or you don't get around to getting the present or whatever they might be really grateful for you saying do you want to do presents this year because maybe they're feeling really awkward as well and they don't they can't afford it or they don't want to or whatever True. it is um and it's almost like one of you has to ask the awkward question and if someone gets really offended by that again that says more about them you're not saying you're not getting them a present but if they get annoyed that you're not getting them a present. Are they in it for the friendship or not? That's my question. Oh, what a question to end it on! I know. It feels quite it's quite a nice time, but also quite seasonal. Um, we've loved having you guys get your questions in, so thank you. Next week's topic is this is probably one of the topics is most outside my comfort zone that I think we've ever done because I feel like oh yeah it's a it's a big topic and it's divisive, but we really want to talk about it because it's something the two of us discuss all the time. All the time. And it's about the fear of having children, um, not like whether or not you should or shouldn't have children or anything like that, but that fear of having them and not having them. And yes, yeah, so we would love to get your questions in. Appreciate this is a very kind of multifaceted and um
0: very, like deep topic. So, of course, questions will be kept anonymous. also, if you want to skip that episode as well, if it's something that's really difficult for you to listen to as well, like we appreciate it is mm. a big topic that is really challenging for a lot of people as well,
1: yeah, completely. We want to have like a really considered conversation about it. But it's very going it's going to be very much like our views on it. So, If it's not for you, that is fine. Skip that episode. Go listen to another. It's not a problem. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We will be back next week with our next episode. And in the meantime, please stay safe and stay well. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.